Hi, I'm Mike, lead pastor at The Ridge, and this is our weekly podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our desire is for you to grow in relationship with God, connect with others, and to experience God's purpose for life by adding value to the life of another. I hope that this message will build your faith and encourage you as we seek to grow together in God's Word. Enjoy today's message. A small plaque like this one hung on my grandparents' wall. Prayer changes things. This small phrase framed my early understanding of prayer. Prayer changes things. Thought, could this possibly be true? Prayer changes things. Well, great, because there are some things that I'd like to change. So I tried it. I prayed, God, I don't want to go to school today. Give us a snow day. Didn't happen. This didn't work. But I didn't give up. I say, God, I want, I really, 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 God, I want a puppy. <laughs> didn't happen. This didn't work. Prayer changes things. Well, does it? Really? Because my personal experience didn't validate this statement. I prayed, but I still had to eat my green beans. Prayer changes things. Well, what things? Prayer didn't seem to work. At least, not for me. Today, we're going to look at a passage in the Old Testament. It comes from 2 Kings chapter 20. We're going to get it back to teaching through the book of Daniel next week. This week, I want to look at this passage as we enter into this new year, because this is one of the most amazing and one of the most informative passages about prayer in all of the Bible. And my hope is that we'll energize our prayer life as we move into this new year. Well, it begins this way, 2 Kings 20. Verse 1, in those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. Well, Hezekiah, he was a good king of the nation of Israel. He loved the Lord and he used the power that he had to serve people. But in this chapter, chapter 20, he's sick and he's really sick, deathly sick. His friend and the prophet Isaiah hears about this and comes to visit him. So this is going to be kind of interesting. Isaiah, godly man, what's he going to say to his sick buddy? Is he going to encourage him? Is he going to pray with him? Is he going to to read a passage from Scripture with him? He does this. Verse 1 continues. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you are going to die. You will not recover. Isaiah, he had like the bedside manners of a drill sergeant. (laughs) He says this to the sick guy. He says, Hezekiah, you're not going to get through this. You're going to die. Now you can imagine, this is not the kind of message that Hezekiah was hoping for. Isaiah is coming, the prophet, the man of God. This isn't what he wanted to hear. Ever been there? Maybe it was a different word for you. Maybe you heard a doctor say the word, well, we've discovered a tumor. No, I don't want to hear that. 
Or maybe it was the word, we're going to eliminate your department. Or I, I want to, I'm done with this relationship. I'm breaking up. Or, or maybe you didn't get accepted. What do you do when you get news like this? Well, the Bible tells us precisely what Hezekiah did. Verse 2, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. He prayed. Maybe his grandparents had something on their wall like this too. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Well, wouldn't it be kind of cool if in that moment, this godly man, he's sick, he hears this bad news. Wouldn't it be awesome if we would know what does he actually pray? What do you pray in a moment like that? Well, 2 Kings 20 tells us. Let's look at it. Verses 2 and 3. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, Lord how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. You know, after that setup, I kind of expected to hear something longer. But that's it. One sentence. That's it. That's the whole thing. Four really quick observations about prayer from this. Here's one. Doesn't have to be long. Hezekiah here, he doesn't go on and on and on and on and on. I think some people have this notion that the longer, the better. That's not the way it worked in here. This was short, just one sentence. And two, how many big four-syllable words are in here? None. No big words in Hezekiah's prayer. It's common to assume that big spiritual words are like God's natural language. You know, Shekinah glory, Ecclesia, Jehovah Jireh. That's not this. We don't have to know Hebrew. We don't have to speak the Queen's English. We don't have to go all King James. It's just, we, we can use ordinary, everyday English. We don't have to try and impress God. We don't have to try and impress the other people who might be listening to the prayer. No big words in here. Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. That's not long. There's no big words in there. And this, that's not a formula. You know, there are some formula prayers like the serenity prayer, like the common table prayer, like the Irish blessing or the bedtime blessing. And nothing wrong with those. As long as we actually mean what we say. Because what can happen with prayer, and especially formula prayers, is it can just become rote memorization. It can turn into just empty, meaningless words. And prayer can, can end up being dull and boring and not heartfelt or personal. This, this prayer of Hezekiah, it's not a formula. God, He wants to hear your thoughts and he wants to hear your feelings and he wants to hear your words. He wants to hear your voice. One more quick observation about prayer in here. He prayed, remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. Well, Hezekiah, he didn't want to die. 
He wasn't ready to go, but I don't see any demands in here. Hezekiah doesn't pray, well, God, heal me, protect me, make me well. I've been faithful. I've been obedient. I deserve it. I don't see any name it, claim it in here. This prayer, it isn't a demand. This is a request. This isn't a claim of entitlement. This is an ask in humility. Verse 3. Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. That kind of surprised me. He's sick. He hears he's going to die. He turns. He prays to God. And what happens after his prayer? Hezekiah, he wept. Well, after praying, Hezekiah, he isn't confident that he's going to be healed. And after this prayer, Hezekiah, well, he isn't filled with faith. Rather, what we see, he prays and then he weeps. It's as if God is saying, hey, sometimes we just need the freedom to mourn. Sometimes we need the freedom to to grieve. Sometimes we need the freedom to just let the pain inside of us out. To be able to say, you know, someone that that I loved, well, they died and I miss them. Or something that I gave my energy into, it failed and that, that hurts. Or somebody that I entrusted with my life and my heart, well, they, they turn their back on me. They, they, they've hurt me. We see here, we don't always need to be happy. We don't always need to be chipper. If, if it hurts, we don't have to pretend that everything's a-okay. Be honest. Hurt and pain and sadness. That's part of the human experience. King Solomon, he put that this way in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 3. He said, a sad face is good for the heart. That's a little counterintuitive, isn't it? A sad face is good for the heart. Huh? How does that work? How is a sad face good? Well, it's good when it allows what's inside of us to be expressed on the outside of us. This He's talking about emotional honesty here. He's talking about inner authenticity. Hezekiah did that. Hezekiah, he wept bitterly, meaning he cried. This deep man of God, he cried long and he cried loud. He didn't just stuff it. So, so what do you suppose happens next. I like that God didn't say, you know, Hezekiah, shame on you. And God doesn't show up and say, Hezekiah, I am so disappointed in you. Man, Hezekiah, I thought your faith was bigger than that. No, that's not what's in here. That didn't happen. Rather, God does This, he prays, Hezekiah prays, he weeps. And then verse four, before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father, David says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. Wow. 
well, that's a cool passage. We say, yay. I mean, Hezekiah prayed and he got he got something like this. He got a miraculous. Yes, I like this story. I like the yes stories in the Bible. I see God do things like this and I'm encouraged. I see God do things like this and I'm inspired. I see God do things like this and I'm reminded our God, he can. He he can. He's all powerful. He's almighty. He's all present. He can. His is the kingdom. His is the power. His is the glory. He can create a world with but a word. He can slay giants. He, he, he can part seas. He can heal the sick. He can give life to the dead. If you, if you are sick, God, He can heal you. If you are grieving, God, He can comfort you. If you are addicted to something, God, He can free you. If you are empty, this God, He can fill you. If you are afraid, God can give you courage. If you are troubled, God, He can give you great peace. God can. And in 2 Kings chapter 20, He did. God can. He has enough power. God can. God can. But. But sometimes. He doesn't. Sometimes he he doesn't. And that. That was my deterrent. To prayer. I, I knew about prayer. I'd heard about prayer and had this hanging on my grandparents' wall. Prayer changes things. Well, what things? Because I prayed for a snow day. I got to know. I prayed for a puppy. I got a fish. That's a no. Here's another thing. When I was a kid that that I would faithfully pray for, most every Sunday, I would pray for these guys. Yeah, I'm a Colts fan, and so I would pray. I'd say, God, help the Colts to win. And you know how God responded to that? I think he laughed. You know, they were the worst team in the NFL for about a decade. Second Kings chapter 20. Hezekiah, this guy, he prays and he gets a yes. He gets a big yes from God. And I read this passage and think, oh, that's great. That's so awesome for Hezekiah. But what about for me? And what about for you? When you pray, do you always get a yes? Have you ever gotten a no? I have. And I'm not alone. Joseph. Remember this guy in the Bible? Joseph, he prayed. He said, God, I'm innocent. Don't make me go into that jail. God gave him a no. Or Moses. He put all this energy and effort into getting the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. And then he prays this prayer to God. He says, God, let me get, let me make it to the promised land. God said, no. Or, Or Jonah. Jonah says, God... I don't want to go to Nineveh. God said, no. 
Apostle Paul. He said, God, remove this thorn in my flesh. God said, no. This popular idea that it, that's out there is that if we can just get enough prayer warriors... If we can just believe deeply enough, if I can just muster up and have enough faith, then God's answer, it will always be yes. That concept, that is not in here. Joseph, Moses, Jonah, Paul, a whole lot of faith-filled, mature followers of God asked, but still received a no. So why? Don't you kind of wonder about that? Because I do. I say, well, why? God, why, why does He do that? Why don't we always get a yes? Why does God sometimes, when we ask, when we pray, why does God sometimes say no? Well, He shows us in the Bible, and there are actually different reasons for Joseph. Joseph, God had a better plan. Joseph didn't understand that better plan until he was able years later to look back at it. Moses. You know why Moses got to know? Moses got to know because, well, his was consequence for his sin. Ouch. Well, Jonah, Jonah's no. Jonah was to refine his selfishness. Paul, Paul got a no. His no was to remind him of his dependency on God. See, when God says no, there are many possible reasons. Maybe he's protecting us from some unforeseen problem that we aren't even aware of yet. Maybe he's got a better plan. Maybe he's got a a different perspective. Maybe he's got a greater purpose. Psalm 25 puts it this way. Let's read this together. Psalm 25, verse 10. Join me. All the ways of God are loving and faithful. All the ways of God. All of them are loving and faithful. Even the no's. A no from God is one of the most difficult things a follower of Jesus has to face. One of the marks, I think one of the marks of spiritual maturity is the ability to accept a no. To trust God even when we don't get what we want. To have faith, to still have faith in His goodness to accept His plan even though it isn't my plan. Well, prayer changes things. Well, what things? Change things for, for Hezekiah. He was sick. Isaiah said, Hezekiah, you are going to die. Hezekiah prays. Here's how God answered his prayer. Verse 5. This is what the Lord, the God of your father David says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life. That's a yes. Hezekiah prayed. Hezekiah didn't get a no. Hezekiah got a big old yes. An amazing, a miraculous, a life-saving yes. God can do that. That's in his wheelhouse. 
One of my favorite sayings about prayer, I'm going to share it with you. It's from an author by the name of Max Licato. He says this. He says, our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. Your the time that we spend in prayer is never wasted. Prayer, it matters. The God of all creation, the God who made the whole works, listens. Listens to us. And I hope that we will never cease to be amazed by that. I hope that prayer never becomes so routine that we aren't a little bit awed that He wants to listen to me. When the disciples of Jesus asked Him about prayer, do you remember how Jesus responded? They said, Jesus, man, you got this great prayer life. We want that. Show us how. How do we pray? How do we do that? Here, here's how Jesus answered. Matthew 6, verse 9. This, then, is how you should pray. He's going to tell them how to pray. This could be important. What does he say? Here's how you do it. Our Father in heaven. That's the, the key to the whole thing. Our Father. Our Father sometimes... Sometimes I think we just make too much out of prayer. Sometimes I think we can overcomplicate it. Thinking things like, well, I don't know what to say. Well, I don't know how long to say it. I don't know what words to use. Should I stand or should I sit? Should I fold them or should I raise them? Let me break prayer down for you. God is our Heavenly Father. And we're His kids. We can talk to Him anywhere, anytime, any place, anyhow, about anything. That's what Jesus is saying here. He says, you want to know how to pray? Just remember who He is. He's your Father and He loves you. He's available all the time. We have access to Him all the time. We can approach Him anytime. He cares, He loves, He listens. Peter put that this way, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. He's saying you can ask and you can unload. You can, in prayer, you can share your anxieties and your fears and your concerns. You can share your frustrations and your struggles and your problems. You can share your joys and your praise and your thanksgiving. Share with Him. Just talk to Him. Jesus is saying he's your dad. You know, don't worry about having the right words because prayer isn't a formula and it's not a liturgy prayer at the very center. It's a relationship. God, he, well, God, he, he longs to hear your voice. Yours. One of the things that I, I want to do in 2022 I want to grow closer to God. I imagine you do too. That's probably why you're here or tuning in. 
Want to know one of the best ways to do that? It's like with any relationship. What's the key? Right? Communicate, right? Communicate, 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 communicate. Same thing with God and our prayer life. If we want to grow deeper with God, if we want to get closer to God, well, talk to Him. You can do that anytime, anywhere, any place, all throughout a day. Prayer changes things. Do you believe that? You know, I, I prayed, but I didn't get a snow day. I prayed, I didn't get a puppy. I prayed, the colt's still lost. Prayer changes things. What things? See, sometimes prayer changes our situations. That's what happened with Hezekiah. That's what's happening in 2 Kings chapter 20. He got his life extended. But it doesn't always work that way. If you're praying and you don't get a yes, don't give up. Don't stop. Don't quit. That doesn't mean that prayer isn't working. See, sometimes God changes our situations and sometimes sometimes he changes us my mind my will my desires my thoughts my perspective prayer is going to God and talking it through until we understand him until we learn from him until we trust him Prayer changes things. Do you believe that? I do. Sometimes it changes our situations. And sometimes it changes us. So here's how we're going to close. We're going to create a space to do just this. To talk with God. If you're here, if you're at your home, if you're in your car, wherever you are, just take this space. And our encouragement is just talk with him. Just share him. doesn't have to be the exact perfect words. Just share whatever it is that's on your heart, whatever's in your mind. Maybe it's a worry. Maybe it's a concern. Maybe it's a fear. Maybe it's a joy. Maybe it's a praise. Let's spend this time because God, he's waiting and he wants to hear your voice. Thanks for joining us today and listening to our weekly podcast. My name is Will Heron. I'm the Director of Discipleship here at The Ridge. If you would like to dig a little deeper into what we've been talking about today, uh, be sure to check out Beyond the Sermon. This is a weekly devotional that goes out after second service on Sunday. There you'll find the scripture that we've been looking at, some questions for you to, to dive into. But then there's also a discussion uh, that I have with whoever is teaching that Sunday. And we just dive deeper into different themes and topics from the sermon. If you've enjoyed our podcast, feel free to share it with your friends. And also jump on our website, ridgelife.org, to get more connected here at the Ridge.